0: how to have more joy in your life. Simple. Really, really simple. Totally doable. Welcome to the Liminal Zone Alchemist, the podcast for when you're stuck between the patterns of your past and the pull of your purpose. I'm your host, Sally Hardy, and each week I'll be challenging your understanding of what it is to be a human in the modern world. I'll help you free your innate genius from the socialized shadows, reconnect with your inner knowing, and lean into that pool, letting your purpose guide and support you with ease to the impact that only you can make in the world. Okay, get comfy, set your brain to curious, and let's get on with the episode. Hello there, my delightful bundle of cellular sunshine. How are you doing? Happy Thursday, if indeed it is a Thursday that you're listening. Otherwise, happy any day, every day. I have been going through some of the material that I created some time ago, about a year ago, and revisiting that. And the reason that I am doing that is because, firstly, I love to see what has changed and what hasn't for me personally. And secondly, because the way my brain works is that very often when I have produced something, it goes into a file of done that. (laughs) And it's a little bit like, it's the same reason that I leave like my bank statements and my my to-dos and bits and pieces like that out on the surface. If I put it away, if I file it, my brain's like, okay, that's done. I don't need to think about that anymore. So periodically, I like to go back through material that I've created because there is so much richness. There's so much value in what I have already done that my brain has kind of forgotten about. It doesn't decrease the value because my brain has forgotten about it. It's just filed away in the old filing cabinets of Sally Hardy Coaching as something that is already produced. So what I wanted to do today was to bring you something from that filing cabinet. And it's rather beautiful. I just sat and watched this because originally it was a little, yeah, webinar, but I don't really enjoy that word. It was something that I produced for a live audience. And as I was listening to it, as I was going through it for myself, I was like, this is perfect for the podcast. How to have more joy in your life. Simple, really, really simple, totally doable. So while that live audience received the benefit at that time, and you will hear some of their feedback during this podcast, I don't think it's something that has an expiry date, right? Everybody could do with a bit of joy in their life. So today, I want to welcome you to Past Sally, who is providing you something for future you. (laughs) And I kind of love the meta concept of that. So, If you hear a little bit of shuffling, then that'll be me writing on paper. If you're watching this on YouTube, where it will be available, of course, then you will see what I was doing in the webinar, but it's not a requirement for you to watch it to get the value from it. So, I'm very comfortable producing this both in audio form as well as on YouTube, but of course you have access to both as ever. The transcript will be available, but also with this, within the transcript, I'm going to be providing you with like the bullet points of what it is that I cover during this mini masterclass. So, mini masterclasses are something that I do sporadically. If you're following me on Instagram, you will see that I'll, at a week's notice, I'll do a pop up. And I love doing them, I love interacting with you guys. And it's such a a beautiful way for you to receive value from the world that I swim in without any kind of serious planning, right? You just get to turn up and benefit. I love that. So without further ado, enjoy. I'm going to run you through one of the ways that I help my clients find more joy pleasure in their lives. It is not a complicated thing. It only takes a little bit of thinking and a little bit of rethinking because you already have all of the answers. Okay. So the first thing after you appreciate my block writing, thank you very much, is I want you to make a list of the things that you do in your life already that feel fully in line with you. You know that, "Mm, this feels really good feeling. This feels right. What do you truly love doing? When do you feel most alive? What would you do forever? Even if you weren't getting paid or getting feedback or getting any kind of accolade or accreditation or validation, what lights you up? Where's your fire? Where do you feel truly alive? I'm going to give you a moment to do this. Write as many as you can just now, but later, please do add to this list. Leave it on your fridge or somewhere with easy access so that every time you do something that feels really good, put it on the list. This is a great resource for you to have. And if you're slightly short of ideas, it could be anything from flying kites to glass blowing, cooking for friends or reading or writing, looking at art, imaginative play, whatever. Now, if any of you would like to write in the Q&A box something that you love doing, that would be amazing. It helps me know that I'm not talking to a void as well. Here we have Christina, morning cup of coffee in the peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Joy. It doesn't have to be something complicated or something involving tools and skills. It can be just a simple cup of something warm or for me, walking the dog—that brings great pleasure. That's a brilliant one. Kay says, "Quick sketches." Yes, mark making is one of the oldest forms of self-expression. So that's that's a really good one. Mary says, "Music." Music—it's another brilliant one. I don't mean—I don't know if you if you mean listening or playing, but both are wonderful, joyful, feel-good things. Great, right? You are on the right to track. Now. As I said, you can add to this list later on, but in the interests of not keeping you here until midnight, let's move on. I want you to get your scientist head on now. I want you to imagine that you're doing one of these activities that you've done on your list. So in your own time, you can do this whole process for every single one of them, but for now, just pick one. And describe how you feel when you're doing it. What's the, what's the sensation in your body? Does your temperature or your heart rate change? Does the feeling have a density or a color? What does your skin feel like? Do you become more or less alert? What are you thinking? What's the quality of your thinking? And I'll give you a minute with that. Again, Q and a inputs are welcome here. Taking a great photo. I love that, Kathy. that's so that is actually such. A gorgeous thing to do. Right, we've got K. Okay, when I sketch, I'm not thinking, or are you? I'm just totally focused on what I'm looking at and creating. Everything goes quiet. Okay, that's really interesting. You're thinking so much about your activity that it feels almost like the outside world is muffled. I can totally relate to that. It's just like your sense of hearing, your sense, where are we? Senses here. Your senses change your sense of hearing is altered because of your focus on your visual field on your the sensory element of, of vision now we got Miri wrote about the music Miri listening to music I lose myself but I also feel very alive I have a tugging fizzing in my chest lovely so a tugging fizzing we've got the sensation of that and a fizzing that's so good, that beats with the music. That's what I was thinking, I'd read on ahead, that beats with the music. So we've got the, like the motion of a beat. It feels like different colors. There's a color, it feels like different colors depending on the music, I'm thinking about the notes. Yes, and interestingly, your ears are much more keen. So um, Kay, who wrote about the sketching and she's much more visually oriented, for you, the, it's all about the ears. You're thinking about the notes. That's what, you know, your your senses are kind of really keyed into that. That's really lovely. I can feel that. Okay, gorgeous. So now what we've got is we've got a list of things that make us feel really alive, that we feel really in line with. So we've got that awareness of joy, awareness of pleasure. And we've got quite a scientific description of it. And the reason that I've asked you to do this is because you can only just see that. Can you see that okay? group. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to, I want you, please, may you, group your list. Now, this may be easier when you've gone through and you have done this sort of scientist description for a number of them. It might be uh, more easy for you to spot where you can group these things, but if you look at the sorts of things that are on your list and get really curious, You can often group them to a common ground. So you may find the common ground in the sensations that you've described. Maybe they're all alone activities or they're all group activities. Maybe they are all outdoors. Maybe they include some sort of skill or focus like that. Maybe they're creative. Or you might have a hodgepodge mix where you've got like a a smaller group over here and another group over here. Doesn't have to be one common denominator for all of them, but very often you will be able to pick up a theme that runs through the things that give you joy or that you associate with joy. And then when you're grouping them, you want to be grouping your joys. So you don't have this is a list of joys that you've created. And you can group them either by bringing the commonality of these actions in. So, for example, as we were talking about, are they all outside? Are they uh, like I think it was, was it? Oh, three groups connection to myself, connection to others, connection to the nature, to nature and the world. That's wonderful. So you've got these three groups. Let's say, for example, um, connection to nature. So something that brings them all together is the fact that they are nature based. If, for example, they were auditory, so like music, then If you're doing something that you're not enjoying quite so much, let's say it's Laundry Monday. It actually is Laundry Monday in our house. Then you can put your earbuds in, your AirPods, your whatever they're called, your phones in, and you can listen to music while you're doing that work, which will increase your pleasure of it. Or let's say imaginative play or games, that's a great sense of joy for you. Then maybe you could work on something like maybe business strategy, which you might find a little dry, where all the different parts of your business can have maybe like a little game character, like in Monopoly, that you can move around a strategy board. You know, I'm just making this up, but you you get the idea. Or if that's tricky for you, finding something that sort of commonly groups them in action, you can think differently about the things you're doing that don't bring you a huge amount of joy by thinking in a way that is similar to how you think when you're doing something that does bring you joy. So you can embody more joy. For example, I love um, carving wooden spoons and making the little facets on the back of the spoons. Absolutely love it. I'm totally absorbed by it. It brings me great joy. Something that I don't really enjoy and something that makes me quite nervous is trying to remember people's names. I know, it seems very simple for a lot of people. It, you know, There's no association to that whatsoever for me. It makes me feel a little intimidated and a little nervous. I'm nervous that I'm going to forget. And the association with that is that people are going to think I don't care or I haven't paid attention. There's still some unpacking for me to do around that. But while I'm trying to remember somebody's name when I meet them for the first time, I like to think that I'm carving their name into a spoon that I've made. <sighs> It looks just like the shape of their head. (laughs) It works for me. What can I say? I feel less nervous. I'm more engaged with remembering because I have the thinking of what I'm doing that gives me joy. So I'm thinking of the carving and I'm associating that with remembering a name. And a bonus is I'm I'm much more likely to remember their name as well because I have that sort of a visual link as well. So if you've got any... Examples of how you think you could use this by thinking in a different way about things that you don't necessarily enjoy, or by bringing an action in from things that you do enjoy into something. <laughs> you, of course, Kathy, you're always going to remember the spoonhead. <laughs> it is a beautiful thing. Yes. If you've got any examples that you could think, oh, and uh, we've got Anne. I like walking my dog too. I tell you what. I knew we were going to get on. And I can imagine the free feeling. I read that as tree feeling. I was like, okay, free feeling. I have when I do that, even when I'm with people I'm intimidated by. Yes, that's exactly what we're talking about. You can absolutely bring in joy or, you know, in this case, the feeling of freedom, free, which I imagine is quite a light feeling, using your imagination where other way, otherwise you may feel nervous or intimidated. So when you're meeting somebody new, you can re-imagine or you're in a, a situation where you're feeling intimidated by people, you can imagine when you're out for your walk, how you feel then, and you can bring that moment into the now. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Now, the next thing I want to ask you is the flip side of that. Where are you acting in conflict to your joy, acting against your joy or or the feelings that you described when you're doing something that you love to do? Where are you denying or pushing away pleasure? And what I want you to do is I want you to wonder without any judgment whatsoever why this might be the case. Why do you think you're doing that? Just A simple question of why, again, without any judgment, just curiosity. And then where can you lessen this push away? What would you rather do or say or feel instead? Because the more you allow your desires and the feeling that you want, the more you'll engage with these feelings in other areas of your life. And you'll find yourself doing more of what brings you pleasure more of what you want in effect. Now, this is often where when I'm talking to my clients, they get a little bit wobbly here and they're like, hang on a minute, because if I focus on doing the things I want, the things that bring me joy and pleasure, I will never achieve anything because achieving things is hard and not pleasurable and has no joy in it whatsoever. Or I'll never do the things that I don't want to do, like, like taking the bins out. Okay, this just simply isn't true. If you, for example, have a desire to achieve a a home that you feel great comfort and joy in, the chances are that by becoming aware of this joy from the joy that you receive from your home, you can approach taking the bins out in a much more joyful way. It's an absolute lie That being kind to ourselves and seeking pleasure and finding joy lessens achievement or makes us selfish and lazy. I think you'll find, I certainly have, that if more people focused certainly when I focus on doing something that I'm really drawn to, like this work, for example, if everybody were drawn to the thing that they very much enjoyed in the world, the world would be a much more pleasant place to be in. Pleasure is good. People feel happy (laughs) when they have pleasure. I've got a comment from Anne here. I sometimes walk the dog in a huff. (laughs) I sometimes walk the dog in a huff when I'm busy. Very honest of you, Anne. Thank you. I never thought I was denying pleasure. I'm just in a hurry or I'm annoyed that no one else has done it. So interesting, isn't it? So your annoyance with the fact that somebody else hasn't walked the dog actually ends up with you not getting pleasure from your walk. So you're double annoyed. Yeah, and it is, you are you are denying yourself the pleasure of the walk because you've got yourself caught up in the idea that it's because somebody else hasn't done it or somebody else should have done it. It's really good to know. And she goes on to say, but if I just appreciated the walk because I love walking the dog, it stops me being annoyed and I get to love the walk, 100%. You get the pleasure for you. There is no need to suffer. Even if it isn't what you had in mind, and if you had other things to do, you're clearly choosing to walk the dog anyway. So let's at least take joy in that. And that's a a lovely perspective shift. So once we've gone through all of this, what we want to do is integrate it. Everything that you've just done is creating awareness. Awareness about what you're doing and how you could shift your perspective to bring you more joy, awareness about where you are denying pleasure or acting against joy, awareness about what it is that you do that brings you pleasure. And you've probably become, during this very short, very effective process, you've probably become a bit more aware about how much pleasure and joy you have in your life, and whether you seek it out or whether you see it as something that just happens. So whether you are intentionally choosing it or not. Living with intention, that's really the name of the game. Where can you bring some joy and pleasure in? Remember, because anytime you're doing something, you're making a choice like, and let me just check. It was Anne. Apologies, Anne. Like Anne said, she's making a choice to walk the dog. So intentionally or otherwise, you're doing something. So bring it into your awareness. Own it and choose intentionally to embody more pleasure and joy in two different ways. Firstly, by doing the things that bring you joy. And secondly, by harnessing the actions and the thinking from when you are doing things that bring you pleasure and joy and kind of injecting that into other areas of your life. That embodiment of pleasure and joy is just the most beautiful thing. I have a fairly simple brain, so I enjoy keeping things simple. The less complicated, the better. I have a couple of Young children, frankly, if I can't explain these things to them, I'm not doing a very good job. So I work on simple. And for this, keep it simple. All you need to do, you've done the awareness work. All we need to do is practice developing the habit of checking in with yourself. How am I feeling? How am I really feeling? Because that's different. How am I feeling? It's very different to how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? Is there any space here now for a different perspective about what's happening that can help me feel ease and joy right now? And even if you think you can't find one in the moment, allowing yourself the the grace of this pause can break a reaction loop. You have space to breathe. And maybe you can actually see a little perspective shift like we're talking about up here. Even in the awareness of the fact that what you're doing, you have chosen to do. That itself can just can nudge your emotions towards, certainly towards power, but often towards joy. And down here is, that this is one of my biggies, celebrate. It is so underrated. But without celebration, we don't lock in things that we have achieved. They become a fluke. We're talking about things like joy and um, and pleasure happening at us, or that we benefit because they are happening in the world. Celebrate what you achieve when you intentionally and simply bring joy and pleasure into your life, either through the commonality and action, or through your thinking. Celebrate that. Move your body. Reward yourself in a way that is in line with who you know you truly are. And I add that as a little caveat, because I think common culture, when we talk about treating yourself or rewarding yourself, Very often people will go towards a glass of wine or a bar of chocolate or whatever. And if that's your thing, absolutely fine. But just check that that is your thing because it may be that your reward is a nap or a sit down with a book. And I think you'll usually find that your reward loops you straight back into joy. And this is the beauty of this celebration. You're celebrating the joy that you've created in your life And your reward is going to be joyful. When you're celebrating, try and use all of your senses. Really hook into that joy of survival of doing something differently, which I'll come back to in a second. Survival of doing something differently coupled with finding and following your joy, seeking it out, creating. And what are you celebrating? You're celebrating listening to yourself learning to trust yourself, loving your own opinion and your own desires, even hearing your desires and hearing your voice and surviving. And I mentioned that again because, because the brain is a beautiful thing, but it does often get a little bit freaked out when we go to change something. It thinks that we're if you change one thing, then we're changing everything. We're never going to remember to breathe and blink in drink water, and all of those bits and pieces. So when we celebrate, we are also letting our brain know that what's happened is something positive. It doesn't need to be frightened. So what brings you joy? Reconnect with what makes you feel alive, with what brings you pleasure. Wonder how you can embody this in other areas of your life. And develop a simple practice of Asking how you're really feeling and caring enough, really genuinely caring enough to listen to your own answer. This is getting your head and your heart lined up. How am I feeling? What do I think about that? And then celebrate. Celebrate your progress towards joy. Because life is for living and you are absolutely worthy of a life filled with buckets of pleasure. I wish that for you. And I know that you can have it. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope very much that you did, don't forget to hit subscribe so all future episodes get automatically downloaded to your listening platform and come hang out with me over on Instagram. My handle is at Sally Hardy underscore coach.